Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Berry. Joining me virtually from Hedgesville, West Virginia, on this Friday before Christmas, actually a week before Christmas, Mr. Darren Chisbury Jr. Darren, how are you this almost Christmas day? I'm doing all right, and it's crazy, honestly, to think about the fact that it is almost Christmas, because I feel like Thanksgiving just hit, and uh, yeah, I'm like, what in the world? I still have presents to send out. So right? I'm a bit behind here, I guess. <laughs> it, it's it's really weird. I was thinking about that the other day. I, well, just this morning, I was like, wait, what? Okay, so today is also it's 1218. It's December 18th. In the rail fan world, there's a famous steam locomotive known Norfolk and Western number 1218. That's with, It's 1218 day because it's 1218. Mm-hmm. And I was writing an article about that for my train blog, and I literally wrote, to most December 18th, this week before Christmas, and I went, Oh my gosh, I'm right. It's right before Christmas. <laughs> and the moment when I was running again, I'm like, wait, what? Oh, okay. Got to get stuff done. But I got my shopping done on Wednesday. So yeah, I'm, I'm set pretty much. I have to give you your Christmas gift. I'll that after we get out of the show. Yeah. The only thing I still got to grab is, is, a, is a nice flannel shirt for my grandpa, and that's about it. And then I got to send things oh, out. <laughs> old man in flannels, right? Yep. But then again, I wear them a lot, so I guess I'm an old man. So, <laughs> Noah. I'm 24. That counts. All right. Let's get to it. We've got a – I once we have a loaded show, but that's a lie. We've got a very light show today. Uh, at least it, it's uh, – uh, exactly on paper, but it could end up being the longest show I've ever done. Who knows? Uh, we'll start out with West Virginia's recruiting class of 2021. Uh, it's a small class. I think it's only like 13 or 14 guys right now in the early signing day. But remember, there's also the regular national signing day in the first Wednesday in February. Mm-hmm. So it is very much um, still, there is still to be added to the class. Plus you have JUCO transfers and four-year transfers and stuff like that. It's not, what we have now is not the entire class. But I'm reading this from MetroNews.com. I figured I'd go ahead and, and uh, go position by position, player by player for the guys that signed on uh, signing day with WBU. So we'll start out with Jalen Anderson. He's from Perry High School in Perry, Ohio. He's a four-star running back. He had two dozen offers from Cincinnati, Georgia Tech, Iowa, Iowa State, Louisville, Maryland, Michigan State, Minnesota, and Pitt. He was a three-time first-team All-Ohio, and he and Perry went 12-1 in 2019, advancing to the third round of the Ohio Division Four playoffs. Justin Johnson is a four-star running back as well. He led the Edwardsville, Illinois Tigers to an 8-3 season in 2019. He rushed for over 1,000 yards and 19 touchdowns, and despite missing a pair of games with an ankle injury. He also had Cal, Louisville, Michigan State, Minnesota, and Washington State in his top six. He also has Power 5 offers from Illinois, Indiana, and Purdue. So wow. we'll go through this. We'll pause at each position, and then we'll go that. So when you hear that, two four-star running backs coming into the program, what you think? But I mean that that's awesome. I mean, you know, we've been establishing uh, a, de- a really good running back core recently, so it's nice to to add to that depth. It's weird because I'm looking at 24. Now, what did what um what news source did you say you were using again? West Virginia Metro News. Okay, because I'm I'm looking at 24/7 Sports in the their West Virginia portion. It's saying three star running backs, but honestly, I. You probably have better sources for information, so I will well, go with that. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Your grade could depend on recruiting service. Ah, I see. So 24-7 might have you as the four-star. ESPN might have you as a three-star. Ah, And it so depends on whatever Metro, news, whenever Metro News uses. I don't remember if they said it or not. 
Gotcha. That, uh, they, okay, they're rivals. All, all ratings are from rivals.com. So rivals might have someone rated three or four. It, it doesn't, gotcha. It's not okay, uniform so it's, in recruiting services. That would be useful if it was. But you know what? Let's just roll with yours, and I won't even bother anymore. <laughs> oh, right. I'm just, but I am looking at the names. That way I'm not uh, lost there. <laughs> All right, good. Uh, quarterbacks, Will Crowder from Gardendale High School in Birmingham, Alabama. He was a top-rated quarterback in Alabama by 24-7. He was likely to play in the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game, in which he was 9-12 for 152 yards and a passing touchdown in a uh, win for uh, Alabama earlier this month. He was picked West Virginia over interest from UAB, Georgia Tech, Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech, Vanderbilt, and also had Dartmouth of the Ivy League, so he's a smart kid. Let's also, let's also note that his nickname is Goose. You don't get any better than that. Can we just play the Top Gun theme now? Can we just start doing <laughs> that? Can we just play Danger Zone? <laughs> Every he, time comes I... in the, he comes into the game. Danger Zone has to play over that statement. I don't care right. who we're playing, what we're doing, we have to do it. And every time I think of Danger Zone, I think of um, Starling Archer from that t- from the TV show Archer, for those of you who aren't aware. And I just think from going, Danger Zone! I think if I met your mother, Barney was uh, dressing up as a fighter pilot. <laughs> he stood up at the apartment of Marshall and Lily. I think Ted was living there too at the time. And uh, he showed up with a fighter pilot and was playing that. And I'm like, well done, Barney. Well done. <laughs> Wide receivers, Caden Prather Prather, from Northwest High School in Germantown, Maryland. He's a four-star receiver. He's signed. He owns 40 Division division I offers, 34 from FBS schools. Wow. His top five were West Virginia, Maryland, Oklahoma, Penn State, and South Carolina. He had offers from Alabama, Auburn, Baylor, Georgia, LSU, Miami, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Ohio State, Tennessee, A&M, Virginia Tech, and Wisconsin. Wow. And he picked West Virginia over all those. He picked West Virginia. See, now those, those these are the recruits you want to see Neil Brown picking up. Guys who could have who went to, quote-unquote, I will say this, not agreeing with it necessarily, <laughs> some better programs. I still hate a lot of these, these universities, and I still have some – um, some uh, <laughs> anger Ohio some, State. to some of them, but um, like seeing him get poached from some of these other, you know, good programs really, um, is is awesome. It's like you know the Ohio State University, you know, as much as I want to hate them, you can't say that they haven't been successful. So it's awesome to to essentially say, hey, come over here. You don't need them. How many times do you see Nick Saban knocking on your door and someone saying, no thanks, coach, I'm good? Not, often, not, not often at all. He led Northwest High School to a 12-2 record in his junior season. They advanced all the way to the Maryland 4A state championship game. He had 41 caught passes for 895 yards and nine touchdowns in 2019. Not bad. Not, for a not at all. Game season. Exactly. Davis Malinger. From Cocoa High School in Cocoa, Florida, as a three-star receiver, he is uh, he had uh, offers from Toledo, FIU, UCF, and Morgan State. He also had a couple of Power Five offers from Illinois, South Carolina, and Mississippi State. He had 46 catches for over 700 receiving yards in his junior season and had over 1,200 all-purpose yards. He caught 49 passes for 818 yards and seven touchdowns in the same game as the senior. As Coco advanced to the 4A state semifinals with a 10 and 1 record this past season. It's, the names aren't exactly as impressive as uh, Caden Prather, 
But Mississippi State is is heck is coached by Mike Leach, who loves to throw on the park, and he needs receivers to catch those passes. Mm-hmm. If Mike Leach thought enough about you to go get you, that says something to me. Yeah, Mike Leach is the absolutely. president of the Air Raid Club. That he is. He actually kicked Hogerson out when Hogerson ran the ball. <laughs> he said, "Dana, you're not really out here anymore." Said bye. Here's what here's what you're really looking forward to, and this is what I think is cool too. So, tight ends, Victor Wilkstrom from Stockholm, Sweden. Yes, I said Sweden because I can. He's a three-star tight end. He was the first verbal commitment that LBU had in 2021. He was participating in one of West Virginia's camps in 2019 as part of the American Tour of College Football Campuses. He also had offers from Georgia Tech and Eastern Michigan after attending those camps as well. He's the second European player to commit to Neil Brown WVU. Hyrule Favoris, Favoris, a cornerback from Bristol, England, was a member of the 2020 class. So Neil Brown has made it a point to go international and expand the brand. Mm-hmm. Somewhere Pat McAfee is smiling. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I, I keep seeing in the comments, someone get one of those Australian punters. Those guys can boot it. <laughs> Damn right they can. <laughs> I mean, really. I've yet to see a bad Australian punter in, the, in, in football in this country. Right. Something about those guys just – it works. They must go and train with the kangaroos to get that leg power. You know what I think it is? I think it's the rugby background because all those guys <laughs> have rugby-style kicks. Mm-hmm. And kicking a rugby ball is a little harder than kicking a football. Yep. So if you can do that, you can be just fine. All right. Traylon Davis is from Jackson High School in Jackson, Ohio. He's a three-star tight end. He had a dozen FBS offers uh, to him, including Arkansas and Tennessee. He briefly committed to Cincinnati, but reopened his recruitment on April 14th. So West Virginia flipped him from Cincinnati. He was, he was at Jackson High School, and they went 11-1 in 2019, advancing from the regional semifinals of the Ohio Division III playoffs. And he was first team All-Ohio in his senior season. I'll take that. Yep. I will take that, no doubt about it. Now, here's our first homegrown uh, 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 signee. Wyatt Milam is from Spring Valley High School in Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, Spring Valley has gained, has gained uh, fame over the past years of sending offensive linemen to Ohio State. And they also gained fame by beating Martinsburg this season and breaking the Bulldogs insanely long, like 56 game winning streak. Ah, oh, they're the ones that did it. Well, ha, ha, they're the ones there that we got, go. They're the ones that got on the bus and went from Huntington to Martinsburg. Beat them and then rode like a six-hour bus ride back. Yeah, that is not a that is not a short drive at all. And that game was scheduled the week of. Wow. And they still went up there and beat him. <laughs> he's a five-star. He's a five-star offensive lineman. They produce guys up there. Wow. Five, see, five five-star. That's extremely impressive. You don't hear five-star and WVU too often. You don't hear five-star being produced in the state of West Virginia that often either. Exactly. The one that we did have last year left, well, he went to Tennessee, didn't he? Yeah. And he was also from Huntington. To be, he was actually from Huntington High School, and there's a reason for that, I think. Yeah. Huntington's coach, Billy Seals, is a diehard Tennessee fan and unapologetic about it. Mm-hmm. I think once, I think once Tennessee came calling, I think he was like, hey, you know, I know a lot about this program. <laughs> you might should go there. Yeah. And he's respected enough by his players that it actually had some. I don't know that it did, but I wouldn't be shocked if it did and had some kind of impact. Oh, for sure. He was a first team All Stater this year. He was a three time All State pick during his time at Spring Valley. Spring Valley in three seasons was 28 and 4. 
him on this team. He had offers from Notre Dame, Michigan, Alabama, and Georgia. Another guy who turned Nick Saban down. Exactly. To to, I mean, that is insane. I mean, Georgia and Alabama. That's Notre Dame just, and Michigan. And Notre Dame and Michigan. Now, we all are going to laugh at Michigan <laughs> anyway because ha, 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 Michigan. But still – to, like that's, that's still a, a big name. It's still a big name program. That's still something that's like to tone down uh, being recruited from from big name schools like that, especially one as dominant as Alabama. Neil Brown's doing something right. Yeah, he is. Thomas Rimack or Rimack, however you say his name, we'll find out when they pronounce when they get the <laughs> pronunciation guide in the spring. <laughs> is from Brunswick, Ohio. He's from Brunswick High School. He's a three-star. Uh, he's a three-star offensive lineman. He signed. He had 17 FBS programs offer a scholarship to him, including Power Five programs in Indiana, Iowa State, Louisville, Michigan, Minnesota, Pitt, Purdue, Wisconsin, as well as Akron, Bowling Green, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kent State, Toledo, and Western Michigan. His team advanced to the third round of the Ohio Division One playoffs this season. Again. Beating out some pretty big names like Michigan and Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And Wisconsin, we know what do they breed up there? They breed offensive linemen and running backs. Yep. Defensive line. Braden Dudley from Mill Creek High School in Buford, Georgia, is a three star defensive lineman. He had 20 FBS offers, including from Iowa State and Michigan State, as well as Air Force, Appalachian State, Army, Bowling Green, Yukon. East Carolina, Eastern Michigan, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Kent State, Liberty, Louisiana Lafayette, UCF, USF, Troy, Tulane, and Western Kentucky. He played in 12 games his junior season, had 33 tackles, five sacks, and 12 quarterback hurries, and three forced fumbles, excuse me, three fumble recoveries. As Mill Creek went 9-4 in 2019 and advanced to the state summit quarterfinals in Class 6A in Georgia. Dude's a beast. I think it's uh, based on those stats, playing in 12 games. That's not bad. Yeah, exactly. I like his uh, picture they put. He has wearing the gray uniform in, uh, yeah, at uh, Mountain New Field. He's got, it just looks nice. Hammond Russell is from Kaufman High School in Dublin, Ohio. He's a three-star defensive lineman. He also had offers from Iowa State, Minnesota, Pitt, Michigan State, Cincinnati, Indiana, and Georgia Tech. He was first-team All-Ohio in his senior season, and the team advanced to the third round of the Ohio Division I playoffs. Another thing I've seen here, Iowa State's going after the same guys West Virginia is, for, for the most part. That's what it seems and, like. And look at what they've done. If Iowa State wants you, there's something to be said about it. At this point, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're turning, you're, at this point, you're turning down offers from the Big 12 coach of the year. Right. Matt Campbell when he coached the end, deservedly so. Absolutely. I mean, come on. Name the other coach. Like, Lincoln Riley figured OU out. Okay. We expect OU to be good. Yeah. We expect Iowa State to be good, but not traditional. Here's our second uh, 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 international signee from Finland. Edward Vesternine. Vesternine. Vesternen. Mysterian. I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> He's a three-star defensive lineman. He competed on the European Junior and Finland National Championship teams in his prep career. He was listed as the number two defensive lineman recruit in Europe this year by the Europe's Elite Recruiting Service. 
I don't know much about the Europe recruiting service, but if you're number two in a certain position, I will take you all day long. Definitely. I don't care. Uh, all the best to him, really. Ja'Cory Hammond from Northwestern High School in Miami, Florida, is a three-star defensive lineman. He originally committed to Miami, presumably in Florida, since that's where he's from. And he had 20 Division I offers, including 11th in the Power Five. In addition to West Virginia, he had Miami, which he committed to and then flipped. Arkansas, Florida State, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Nebraska, Pitt, Rutgers, South Carolina, and Tennessee also had offered. He helped Northwestern High School with a 13-2 record in the, in the Florida Class 5A State Championship in 2019. He had 63 tackles for his team, 34 solo, and 11 sacks in his junior season. He knows who that quarterback is. Yep. Defensive backs, Andrew Wilson Lamp from Washington High School in Massillon, Ohio, is a three-star defensive back. He played receiver and cornerback, but is best to play on defense for West Virginia. He had 14 FBS offers, including Cincinnati, Kentucky, Michigan State, Penn State, and Pitt. And he soon advanced to the Ohio Division II state championship game in his senior season. I have a I have a feeling that if this guy blows up, we're going to see a lot of office was office not office references um uh, anchorman references. Uh, I love yep. lamp. Probably and you know what? So be it. Let's go. <laughs> Saint McLeod from Imhotep Charter School in Philadelphia is a three star defensive back. He was a uh, he'll be joining his former high school teammate Tyke Smith in the WVU defensive back. Hey. Field. He has 16 FBS offers, including Cincinnati, Iowa State, Kentucky, and Oklahoma State. If Luke Fickle, Matt Campbell, Mark Stoops, and, and uh, Mike Gundy are, are after you, you've done something right. Mm-hmm. Aubrey Brooks from Auburndale High School in Auburndale, Florida, another defensive back. Reopened his recruitment in September after Ripley Command in Indiana. In May, he listed his top seven schools as West Virginia, Indiana, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Mississippi State, Pitt, and South Florida. Auburn Dale went 8-3 in 2019, and as a junior, he, uh, he racked up uh, 63 tackles, 17 for loss, six sacks, two interceptions, two fumble recoveries, and three forced fumbles. He had 28 tackles and two sacks and five forced fumbles in just five games this fall. Did Aubrey Burks. That... Dude's a beast. Okay, let's just set that off right now. I I cannot disagree. It, it this is shaping up to be a really good recruiting class for West Virginia. I cannot wait to see these guys on campus. And Neil Brown did say that a lot of those guys will be early enrollees. So if there's a spring football that we see, we'll see them. I don't know that there will be, but we'll see. And remember, this class is very much not. Uh, complete the mm-hmm. short guys to be had in February, and we'll check back in with the recruiting class then, unless something maybe we have to see a verbal or something like that. But then again, a verbal commitment is just that a verbal commitment, it's not a, it's a, handshake, it's a handshake agreement. Only when the letter is only when the national level is signed and, and into the program can we talk about him or can the coach talk about him. But we'll get there. The other big to do list on the West Virginia side of things is the bowl opponent, which we still don't know yet, and I'm still very much restless and pissed off we don't know it yet. They don't really know why we're waiting. Because West Virginia will not be impacted by whoever loses the Big 12 championship game. Mm-hmm. Just give me a bowl opponent already. Here's a, bowl, here's a uh, trivia question before we get into the bowl opponents. 
What is West Virginia's all-time bowl record? Uh, I feel like I know it's a losing record, uh, and that has definitely gotten worse over the last few years because of <clears throat> would, a solid coach. Would you like the total number of games played? Um, I, I believe it's at least 30, but yes, give me. 37. <laughs> ah. Um... I think it's along the lines of let's see, they are they are definitely a losing record in bowl games. Um, Fifteen and twenty-two. Correct. Hey, right on, right on. I knew I knew they were they were close a few years ago, and I was like, but we also had a stretch of like four or five straight bowl losses. Uh, I feel like I feel like eh, maybe four because they won I, the Cactus I, Bowl. I, yeah, the last one. That's the last one they've won. Yeah. In the game that no one bothered to stay up for except for me, I stayed. My my dad and I watched it together. It, oh sweet! Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was as stressful as it always is. But yeah, we it's definitely. It's a Western Union football game. Stress is pretty much accepted. <laughs> yep, but uh, needless to say, my dad and I were screaming at the television and jumping for joy when they won. <laughs> I think my dad checked out like a third quarter when he fell asleep, but I stayed up to <laughs> doing the same thing. Hmm. But then again, my dad, being in his 60s, took a nap at like 7 o'clock. So he was good for the game. All right. Speaking of bowl games, we don't know our opponent yet, but we have bowl projections. The Liberty Bowl was the most likely uh, destination for West Virginia to play in a bowl game, if you believe most sources. Tennessee is the opponent that is, uh, that is standing out as perhaps the most likely. But this is the, well, we'll get to that in a second. But here's what Brett McMurphy of the stadium had to say just a few, a few days ago. West Virginia versus Penn State in the guaranteed rate bowl. Penn State has only won two games this season. This is a product of having every team that's el- every team eligible for a bowl game, despite not having won the same amount of games as you lost. Mm-hmm. This is also known as a pure garbage move. <laughs> West Virginia, which played a full game, a full season for the most part, except for Oklahoma, but played nine games, should not be playing a team that won two and played and played seven. The, the, okay. And here's the, here's the thing that would, would I would have to feel would happen in classic West Virginia fashion. They would play this game, and they would lose this game. I'm just going to put yep. that out there. That's exactly right. what would happen. You're right. <laughs> You're absolutely right about it. West Virginia would go in as like a 15-point favorite and then blow it. Yep. I almost wonder what the step would be for that game. I don't know what. Another possibility, if you believe Athlon Sports, is West Virginia playing Kentucky in the Liberty Bowl. Hmm. Uh, the Liberty Bowl is Big 12 SEC. The last time West Virginia played the Liberty Bowl was against A&M back in 2013 mm-hmm. or 14. And uh, Clint Trickett retired prior to lagging with concussions. And a kid named Skylar Howard got the start. And what a so weird Virginia couple of Andrew, years that was. Yeah, wasn't it, though? I was just like... That was just like the twilight zone, okay? It's like, well, all right, this is weird. We accept it. Yep. Uh, go ahead. Oh, no, not that. Was... Okay. So, I, I look, neither one of us, I mean, I know who I want to play in a bowl game. I, the Liberty Bowl is a fine game. It really mm-hmm. is. Plus, I've seen the stadium and I've ate barbecue like a mile from the place. 
Memphis barbecue, good. Really good. Just saying. Uh, but I'm of the two teams, if you're looking for the most competitive game, well, Penn State, we're not even going to discuss anymore because that's I don't think that happens. I just I don't want to I don't want to admit that it could. Yeah. If, if focusing on Kentucky and, and Tennessee, if you want to win the game, get Tennessee. If you want a good game, get Kentucky. Because Tennessee was started out ranked and supposed to do well, and they fell flat on their faces. And Jeremy Pruitt has a lot to work on. Mark Stoops has built a program in Kentucky. Those guys are competitive in the SEC every single year now. They may not be all that great in terms of ranked, but they will give you a fight for every game. You do not want to mess with Kentucky. If you want a bowl win, give me Tennessee all the way. And here's the thing, though. Bowl games come down to who wants to be there more. Mm-hmm. Kentucky will show up and want to be there. Tennessee is always going to be, unless they're because of how big that program is and what they started out thinking they were going to do this year, because of that, Tennessee may not show up and want to be there. West Virginia, I guarantee, will want to be there. Mm-hmm. Especially whether after they, missing last whether, season. Whether they play well or not, because it's not in Morgantown, I don't know. But they will show up wanting to be there. That's my, that's my thing. So let's move on now to the Patriots. And, uh, before we, we, before we uh, move on, I think uh, – there's one thing I let me make sure it was in the rundown before I lose myself so I don't jump ahead. But I do believe we're missing a nice fun thing. Uh Darius Stills being named the oh, big yes. twelve defensive uh player of the year. And Tony Thiels got named newcomer of the year. Yep. So West Virginia racking in awards in the Big Twelve uh awards ceremony that wasn't this year. Mm-hmm. Because of well they never have they here's the thing about conference awards. You'd think they would want to do like a whole banquet around like the conference championship game and do all that, which they couldn't do this year, but they just, it's a press release. That's all it is. Yeah. Say who wins the award. Like you'd think they'd do something for that. Yep. Exactly. All I, all I know is. Not like anyone would watch, but. Yeah. After all this, I, whoever, whoever has to be on the receiving end of a Darius still sack, um, I, Pray for your health. That's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> <He's> really... <laughs> like, he, that man will terrify quarterbacks at the next level. And I, I hope this... I get to see it all the time. Like, I don't care who it is, just he's going to obliterate them. Just, if you're playing the Patriots, don't kill the guy, okay? You can kill Tom Brady all you want, but don't do it to the Patriots quarterback if you're not playing for New England. <laughs> By all means, Bill, please draft the man. But you know, <laughs> but you know, if you're gonna do it, just man, just imagine having Chase, Chase Winovich, Darius Stills, and then Dante Hightower coming back. Just imagine that trio. <laughs> oh, 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 that'd be huh. fun. That'd like, be that's, fun. That's got to be a coach's dream, right there. Come on. <laughs> I kind of wonder because Bill had not drafted West Virginia players. I think before Yadi could just. Two years ago, mm-hmm. and he's hardly played for the Patriots. He's been injured most times, sadly. So I wonder if Bill got will get scared, and not necessarily get scared, but will stay away from West Virginia players because of that. I don't know that there's anything to that, but you kind of yeah, wonder he, because, it's like, well, I drafted a kid and I haven't got anything out of him. Yep, he's wasted two years of his contract. Yep, 
he's wasted half the contract. <laughs> Speaking of the Patriots, it's desperation time in Miami. And the part of that scares me the most is in Miami. That does not go well. And here's my theme to that. I asked you this question earlier, and I will ask you to provide an answer this time. When was the last time the Patriots won two games in a row in Miami? Um, I feel like it was recent after, like, let's see. So they definitely lost. It was two years ago, right, in 2018? That was the Miami Miracle? I'm, my, yes. Okay, and then 2019, I don't believe they won either. Yeah, they did. No, they did. They, okay, they, that's right. They blew him out. That was the Antonio oh, that's Brown right. game. That's right, Antonio Brown. Because that was uh, that was earlier in the season. That Instead was week of, uh, two. Okay, that's right. That's why I'm, that's why my brain's getting lost. Because normally we're used to it being at the end of the year. Um, I feel like it was fifth. I'm gonna I'm gonna give. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna say two uh, answers, but I'm gonna lean more towards one. Uh, I'm thinking it's either fifteen, sixteen, or sixteen, seventeen. But I'm going to go with 15-16. Oh. 11-12. Really? I swear it was, it was sooner than that. Because I knew that I, they... I went back. I went back through all the years trying to find it last wow. night. I did my research. Because I, ha- I remember having like a, a, a two or three year streak of losing. And then we broke that with one or two years. But I guess it was just a year. Yeah. All right then. Man. It was week one, 2011. On a Monday night, they won 38-24 in which Tom Brady had a 99-yard touchdown pass to Wes Welker uh, in that game. And then 2012, that was in week And then 2012, it was, let's see, week. Uh, I'm not going to give you the week because I don't want to count that much. It was December 2nd, 2012, when they won 23-16 in Miami. was the last time they won two games in a row in Miami. Hmm. So, yes, this has been a house of force for the Patriots recently. And it can ill afford to be that again this year. Because if it is, you can't give us any remote hope for the playoffs. Goodbye. This is, you have to win out and hope everything, and hope all hell breaks loose in front of you. Mm-hmm. Especially because Miami is currently sitting in one of those, uh, is one, in one of those uh, playoff spots. Right. So now you've got... It's not good, okay? Let's just be honest. I mean, it's not – it ain't pretty. Here's the NFL playoff picture courtesy of, NFL, of NFL.com. Uh, in the AFC, the Patriots are sitting currently in the 10th spot in the AFC. The 7-7 seven and seven Raiders are uh, ahead of the losing to the Chargers last night, which is good for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. The Ravens play the Jaguars this weekend. They're 8-5. and five. They're probably going to go 9-5. and five. The Dolphins are 8-5 and five and sitting in 7th place in the AFC. You have to beat Miami to make that a game difference. You have to. Mm-hmm. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no option here. You have to win out and hope something goes your way. Because, and here's the thing. I think you and I are both accepting the fact that this is not a playoff team this year. Because mm-hmm. I don't think 9-7 and seven get you there this year. It, it, isn't that ironic? Everyone thought nine and seven, eight and eight would make the playoffs uh, in, with a seven with a seven uh, playoff team. It's not going to happen in the AFC. Isn't that ironic? It is very. It's very weird to think it's about. It would have gotten the Steelers in like eight and eight. The Steelers would have made the playoffs last year if they'd been a seven team. Mm-hmm. 
and now you can go the same record and you will be sitting at home in January. Like, the NFL is absolutely insane at times. All while a, lo- a team with a likely losing record in an NFC East division will get to c- crawl its way in and then get it, – it will get – you know what? I'll use a fun meta, a, a really horrible metaphor, but it's going to be used. They're going to crawl their way in. They're already going to be bleeding. And the team that beats them is going to f- finish them off with the bullet in the head. <laughs> what video game were you playing last night? Uh, I briefly played some cyberpunk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Speaking of the NFC East, who is leading that division and what's their record? Um, man, it's been back and forth every every week. I feel like didn't Washington take over after they won? Yes, and they're sitting at five, they were five and. No, there's five and seven or six and seven. No, there's six and seven. Six and seven. Six and seven. And guess who they have this week? Uh, Pit- no, wait. It's Pittsburgh, isn't it? They beat Pittsburgh. Oh, no, no. They sorry. Oops, the Seattle oops, Seahawks. That's right, Seattle. Because I was looking at my – I was looking at my fantasy this morning, and sometimes the app, well, quite regularly, the app will mess up. And this morning, it messed up in that it sent me back to a couple weeks ago. And I was like, wait a minute. Something's not right here. Wait a minute. This is yeah. not the right lineup. But um, here, here's something. Here's the best game in the NFL this week. And this is the game that it's a fun viewing if you're an NFL fan. And you'll be able to watch some of this game. Saints versus Chiefs. That's going to be a very interesting game. Give me that game. I I I made sure I had dropped, uh, not dropped, but switched out New Orleans defense uh, and played uh, Los Angeles against New York Jets because uh, yeah, there's no way that New Orleans defense is going to even hit four points. The projected four points they're supposed to, even if they, it's, it's, even if it's they the win. best defense in the NFL, but it's going up against the best offense in the NFL. Give it to the offense. Yeah, I. It's going to be very. Interesting, and there's just no way I can I can trust that. So I'm going to take the Rams against a very bad Jets defense, uh, a team, a very bad Jets team, um, and hedge my bets there that Sam Donald you know, throws three interceptions and and one goes for pick six or something. <laughs> you know what was really fun for me last night? It was kind of weird, but it's kind of fun. My uh, my girlfriend works at the uh, the TV station that uh, broadcasts Fox mm-hmm. in our area. You know this, but people who may listen to this don't. Uh, and she was running the NFL game last night. And the game went overtime, and she wasn't happy about it because she had to stay and work it. You know, I was explaining how. And I called it the Suck Bowl. Because I'm like, well, the Raiders, the Raiders suck. Well, the Chargers are not good, and the, and the Raiders just, yeah. Let, and I was playing the idea. I was explaining the idea of taking to her, and I had to explain how the Jets tank. <laughs> Let, let's at least give it to the, the Chargers for finally winning a close game. Right. <laughs> like, hey, it's been long enough. And they beat it, it, and they beat granted they beat a faltering Raiders team, but they still did it. <laughs> that almost lost to the New York Jets. <laughs> You ever want to know how bad it is for the Raiders? Just like, and Gruden wore an Oakland Raiders hat last night, had to change to a Vegas Raiders hat halfway through the first quarter. <laughs> if you ever want to know how dysfunctional that organization is, they haven't, they haven't completely cleaned out all their equipment yet. Jeez. They've been in Vegas a year and haven't cleaned out all their equipment yet. That or Gruden just 
wears Raiders pajamas and just happened to have that on, which she probably does because it's John Gruden. Uh, either way. <laughs> so we accept this Patriots team is not a playoff team. Did we do what we did last year, which is find a playoff team to root for? And just hope. And then when that comes crashing down in Wildcard Weekend, say we don't want them to win when we really do. Yeah. See, you know what? Every, every time, every time the the Saints make it in the playoffs, I always, I, I still can't help but root for them because I still want to see Drew Brees get one more ring. I, I don't think this is the year, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to stick with that. Uh, that that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Who would you pick? Do you think they'll get the Super Bowl, or do you think they'll get knocked out by like the Packers or someone? Honestly, given my luck with rooting for them, they'll get knocked out first first game. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm okay. sticking with this story. I want New Orleans to win one more. I want Drew Brees to go out in a blaze of glory and just win another Super Bowl. Because dang it, he is—he should have won a couple more in the last in these last ten years, fifteen years. I maintain that if we're not for Brady Belichick, Sean Payton, Drew Brees would be considered the best uh, quarterback coach to do in NFL history, mm-hmm. and they should be. As of right now. The Saints would play the Arizona Cardinals week one <clears throat> in the playoffs. It would be in New Orleans. They would be playing on wildcard weekend because the Packers currently have the uh, number one overall seed with the Saints lost to the Eagles last week. With the tiebreaker over uh, the Saints head-to-head. Mm-hmm. Saints-Cardinals. <laughs> Interesting game if you ask me. Yep. Here's How's this one for you? Bucks going to the Rams if it were to end today, if the season would end today. Wow. And then Seattle going to Washington. That still battles me how a, how a Seattle team can go to Washington. <laughs> right. As of right now in the AFC, the Chiefs are number one uh, due to AFC record. It's the tiebreaker there. The Steelers would host the Dolphins. The Colts would go to the Bills. And the Browns will visit the Titans in the AFC playoffs as it stands right this very moment. Fun times in the NFL. Yeah, very, very interesting. Not to mention the NFL fights on Saturday now because the law literally says they can. There's actually a law in Congress, passed through Congress in like the 60s, that said the NFL can't infringe on, on college games. By playing on Saturday in college, can't infringe on the NFL games by playing on Sunday unless necessary. So the NFL, since the college season is over except for bowl games, which is an exception, the NFL can now play on Saturday. Honestly, I was never aware of that, but it, I always, it always made sense to me that they didn't play you know, on the same days. So still, I was not aware there was an actual law dictating that. That's very interesting. Yes. I can send you a link about it later, but the there was a discussion, I don't know if they ever really announced anything, but the discussion was that the NFL, if college couldn't go this season, the NFL was going to go to Congress and ask them to uh, change the law to let them play on Saturday throughout the fall to fill the void. That didn't happen, obviously, but there was a discussion that might be the case. That's really weird. Like just, just one, that there's a law about it, and two, that a multi-billion dollar organization goes to Congress and goes, will you please change the law? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> we want to play on Saturday now. Can we, can we make what, our schedule around this like, law? What a weird... I, I just got to put this into perspective here. What a weird thing for Congress to even need to care about. 
I'm just going to put that right. out there. What a weird freaking thing that the that 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 Congress would ever need it's to like, put their fingers into. So give the speaker of the House like, okay, today's agenda: health care, uh, defense spending, and the NFL schedule. Right. It's like <laughs> okay, one of these things unlike the others. The <laughs> uh. <laughs> text oh, is hard at work, people. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Next time you watch when you watch the NFL tomorrow, remember that your tax dollars hard at work back in 1961, <sighs> or whenever the law got passed. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> okay, let's move on to our hell of a story. Wrap up the show. I told you this would be a short show now, didn't I? Yep. Uh, and the fact is, we get a bowl game. We don't have anything to preview. It's so weird. Oh wait, we didn't get. We didn't do a Dolphins preview. We just talked about how it was desperation time. That's true. I we, I I wrote desperation time, and I didn't even write preview in our rundown. So I, that's on me. <clears throat> but here's the thing for you, Darren. When you look at this game, the Dolphins are pretty good this year. What stands out? Oh. One second, let me pop this thing back open. I accidentally closed my. All right, so, I mean, they beat them earlier in the year, but, you know, this is a arguably much improved Miami team and, and, uh, going into the, the end of the year. Legit. And, I mean, you've got to imagine that, they're, that they are heavily motivated by the fact that they're sitting in a playoff spot. Um, and, I mean, my, uh, New England, it's the same story as it's been all season. I don't really know if they know what they're doing and I don't even know if they have an idea on what they're set on like I don't know what their motivation is I have no idea at all what it is and it's interesting that New England is or not New England sorry the matchup predictor has New England on ESPN that is a favorite but of course the betting line is Miami by three um which is basically a toss up because they're playing at home exactly um I find very intriguing so it's like, yeah, you'd think it'd be a little bit more considering the fact that it's it's quite regularly a trouble spot for New England. I mean, going to Miami has quite literally lost New England playoff spots, um, like ranking, you know, coming uh, seating. Sorry, playoff seating. Here, 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 I have to, I have to bring that up. I have to stop you for one second. When the Dolphins beat the Patriots in Gillette last season in Week 17, mm-hmm. and not the Patriots out of the number one seed, Andy Reid said Brian Flores a thing of Kansas City barbecue as a thank you. Yep, that that is true. What better gift is there than Kansas City barbecue? I don't think such. A, I don't think a better gift exists. You can't. I really don't. You can't go wrong with barbecue. No, you really can't. Now I want some. <laughs> Damn it. But so honestly, it surprised me that it's a three that that's even a three point. I would go as far as to say a touchdown favorite. Um, so would I. And At least five. Exactly. Especially with how weird again, weird this team is. Um it's I just don't know. Like I, honestly, I would go as I would probably say twenty four seventeen Miami. And I would be surprised would, if it's any closer. The CBS Sports uh, thing I'm reading has their predictions is 24-20 Miami. It also includes this stat. The Dolphins, the Patriots have been favored against Miami in 32 out of the last 34 <clears> meetings <throat> in the series, including 13 straight. The last time the Dolphins were favored in any game was uh, were favored back in week 15 of 2013. The Dolphins are now the best team in the NFL against the spread with a 10-13 record. Uh, to me, a ten and three record. 
uh, quarterback uh, Tua is five and one against spreads and taking over for <coughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I watched this game a little bit. The uh, the Dolphins gave the Chiefs a real good run last week. Mm-hmm. They almost beat them. If a few things had gone their way, who knows? It's not a bad. This is not your. This is not a few years ago, Miami. This is not. Exactly. This is a good team. Brian, <clears throat> I doubted the hire of Brian Flores at first. I was like, he's got no experience. He's worked out just fine down there. He's got himself a team. Mm-hmm. And that organization, give credit, because I didn't think the Dolphins were like this. I thought they were going to be one of the teams that tanked and then stayed in the tank for years. <clears throat> uh-uh. They found, they did a complete cleaning house, and it worked. Kudos to those guys for rebuilding that football team and building into a contender. And this is where you saw it at the end of last year when that team was supposed to protect for Tua. They still played hard, and they won a lot of games for the end of the year. They played hard. They fought. They won. Beat the Patriots in, um, in uh, Foxborough and effectively ended the Brady-Belichick era. Mm-hmm. If, it, even, even if you believe that uh, Tennessee did it by beating the Patriots, let's say the Patriots won a Super Bowl <clears> last year after number one seed. Let's say that game was in Gillette. They say they made it to the AFC Championship game. It's in Gillette. You go on with the Super Bowl. Does Brady even retire at that point? Does Brady just say, you know what, I'm done? Who knows? Because he has number seven. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, what? Oh, go ahead. I feel like he. I feel like he would have. But at the same time, I'm like, either way, I know he wouldn't be in New England. Whatever happens, right. we we know, especially given what he explicitly said about before the season, we know he wouldn't be in New England no matter what. We'd still be basically in the same situation here, except for maybe with an extra ring. <laughs> but <laughs> they'd have a nice banner up there. It'd be like, hey, here's another banner, and the guy who won it is not here anymore. Yep. How weird would that have been? Very. I mean, it's, like, uh, it's still weird, but you know what? That is what it is. We're on to Cam Newton. And we talked about Cam last week. We don't need to go into it again uh, until his contract is up, in which case we'll discuss it probably in the offseason a little bit more. But I, I, would, I agree with you. I think that I, the fact <clears> that it's a three-point game, someone knows something I don't because I just don't know why it's a toss-up mm-hmm. in Miami. I don't really – that tells you either one of two things. There's the expectation of Bill figuring it out and Cam playing well, or the Dolphins are not sure about. One of the two. And I'd be a lot more concerned about how the Patriots will figure it out because the Dolphins are proven they're going to fight. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins are proven they're going to stay in the game. They don't get blown out down there anymore. Exactly. It's even if, they, if the Patriots win, it will not be a blowout, I can assure you of that. Exactly. It's even more interesting because of the fact that how well two has been playing since he's been in. That because they Ryan Fitzpatrick was the starter when they they played early in the season, and right. so it's like okay, is is that factoring in? I mean, I doubt it. But I mean, uh, historically, rookie quarterbacks do not do that amazingly against Bill Belichick. But this is still an entirely different Patriots team. Well, look at the rookie quarterback they faced this time uh, in uh, Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. They came in at forty-five nothing. That is true. But then again, the Chargers are also a team that, unlike Miami, is losing close games except for last night. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So what do you put more stock in, the rookie quarterback or the team that just isn't all that good this year? Exactly. Which team do you really believe which team do you really believe in more? I would be more inclined to believe in the fact the team is good. Mm-hmm. And it's a former Patriots assistant. Brian Flores knows what he's getting into. Yep. So just saying. 
All right, let's move on now to the weirdest thing you will ever hear this season, I guarantee you. Aside from the fact that Cam Newton's on the ring, the Patriots. <laughs> Lions center Frank Ragnow, or Ra- yeah, Ragnow, fractured his throat in their game against the Green Bay Packers on the weekend. I have never heard of a fractured throat in my entire life. Neither have I. Until I saw it, what, two nights ago? Y- I it to you? Yeah. That, talk about weird. Okay. As, that was really like, what the hell is going on? As soon as you mentioned it, my brain thought, all right, I've got two med school friends. Let's ask them. I never ended up asking them, but still, that was my first thought. <laughs> my first thought was, what? <laughs> what? All right. Hey, we got some breaking news when I went to go on ESPN uh, to find my article. Drew Brees is going to start against the Chiefs this weekend. Breeze and Mahomes. That's appointment viewing, folks. Lock the remote away and just find yourself a seat. <laughs> All right. So back to our uh, back to the discussion about the uh, uh, fractured throat. He could barely <clears throat> talk uh, during that game, and uh, so his he can still breathe. He can still eat. Uh, what's impressive though is he played the whole game. He never missed a snap in the game. Wow. Despite doing that. Basically, according to the CSPN article, what it's potentially dealing with is resembles a vocal cord contusion. Eating, breathing, and unstructured, but he can't talk. Uh, he's not supposed to talk or strain his, his throat anymore. He hasn't ruled out. He hasn't been ruled. He has not been ruled out for this week's game against the Titans. Uh, so, basically, we're going to leave it to medical professionals. Uh, the National Institute of Health Says about 80 to 90 percent of laring, laring, laryngeal injuries, fractures, dislocations, and separation are usually a result of high velocity blunt trauma. Trauma is rare in sports. Uh, excuse me. Uh, most common results are car ac- caused to car accidents and sports injuries, but uh, trauma long term is rare. So, yeah, it's <clears throat> not. It's really weird to think about. It's like, okay, what the heck happened? Exactly. Uh, let me see if I can find a better one. Uh, let's see here. What is a fractured throat? It's a, a high velocity got, uh, trauma. The injury restricts breathing and makes swallowing food a tad harder. As well as talking, in other words, it makes existing as a human being miserable. <laughs> existing as a human <laughs> being. <laughs> and so this, here's how rare this is. It's a 1 in 131,000 hospital emissions wow. are, uh, are caused by this. In 2017, Colts defensive tackle Henry Anderson suffered a similar injury when he fractured his larynx. He missed seven weeks. Jeez. <clears throat> so he suffered the injury in the first quarter, did rag now. And he was, when he got hit in the wrong way. Here's the thing, though. He played center. Plays center. And that means you got to talk a lot. He couldn't do it. Had to have the guards take the, uh, make the calls during the game. Isn't that weird? Very, very weird. 
And here's the thing. They didn't, the uh, writer of this USA Today sports article say he didn't, he went to the film and didn't see he, any place where he seemed to get hurt. So, so he had no idea. So he, so he knew he was hurt, but he had no idea how he got hurt, really. Right. So this writer who went through the film said, uh, I had no idea that there's no play in which he seems to be evident he hurt, but hurt. Wow. Hurt. So, yeah, this is really, really a weird story. It's, it's just, it's wild, okay? Like, when has it seen that again? When have we seen that? Never. Exactly. Except for 2017, if you're, the, if you're a <clears throat> Colts fan. <laughs> and even then, you might not know about it. I, I don't know. It's just, it's wild, man. The NFL is just, <laughs> the NFL keeps getting crazier and crazier. This is going to be a time when we're enjoying this show. We're talking to our grandkids, but like, you think the NFL is crazy now? Imagine what I, I remember when I was following the league, really, when I was young. Darren? Oh, sorry. It, so, okay. it sounded like you had cut off for a second. I was like, huh? Like, the, the way that <laughs> sentence ended, it just sounded like it sure. was supposed to be more to it. I was like, wait a second. Did they cut yeah. off on me? All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But you agree with me, right? It's going to be like, you, I remember when the NFL was really crazy. They were going to a 17-game schedule and the COVID hit, and it's just, it was weird. Exactly. <sighs> Light show today. Light show. But you know what? We got one. We may or may not have one next week. Next week, of course, is Christmas when we're supposed to be recording. We'll see how that progresses. But if we don't go uh, to record next week, well, let's wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays now because, well, that's just nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll try to get one in next week. No promises. Although, in the event we do not record next week and the West Virginia Bowl game is scheduled for December 26th, we don't know it will be, but let's just say it is. We will make every effort to write up something on our website or on our Facebook page about the game. In the event we do not have the ability to uh, preview it on an audio form, as in on this podcast, mm-hmm. no promises, but we'll make an effort to. That's fair to say, right? Yep, I agree. All right. So, especially for the last, I don't know how New Year's Eve, well, how New Year's Day looks either, because I don't know how we, we've not gotten that far yet in terms of a recording schedule. But for potentially the last time in 2020, depending on how our uh, schedule works out next week. This is, I'm Lucas for Darren. This has been Scientific Lesson 32. Darren, take us home. Adios, everybody. Stay safe. Please stay home.